If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And oh gosh, we're we're well into January now. In fact, next week it will be February, and we'll be heading off to the Bahamas for our two weeks of working vacation. Um, it's uh, so looking forward to that. It's not been as bad a winter here so far as uh, certainly as they've been experiencing in the eastern United States. States so. You know, my thoughts really go out to everyone in all those states that had such massive, massive snowfall uh, last week or at the weekend. It was just phenomenal. We haven't seen snow like that here in Ontario for a number of years. The difference is, of course, is that once we get snow, because it so rarely goes above freezing, once we get it, it doesn't go. And, And I think in in the sort of eastern section of the US and in a lot of places the temperature is going to rise and the snow will begin to to thaw before too long i do hope i you know i hope for everybody's sake um snow is something that it's very pretty to look at if you haven't got anywhere to go but i my heart went out to all those people who were who were stuck on i75 in kentucky it's a route that I use, we, we use a lot heading down to the south of the US. And the thought of a 35-mile traffic jam or traffic lineup that people were in for 36 hours was just 36 hours, 18 hours, whatever. It was a long time that they were stuck in traffic like that. So hopefully everybody is moving on I-75 now and has got to where they wanted to go. And so here we are. It's um, it's it's a great day. It's a great time here at um, Cottage Blogger, and now, of course, the Vacation Rental Formula. Because Mike and I are really moving in on the Vacation Rental Formula. We have a, so many new members. The Facebook group is just really jumping. I am so amazed at how people are getting in there networking with each other and helping each other out and there's some really really good threads about um about blogging about websites about uh, social media everybody's in there helping each other out and I love that I love the networking and this of course is something that we're working on for the for the um vacation rental uh, summit, the live summit that we're going to be doing in Toronto at the end of April. I can't wait to see people there networking with each other, sharing their experiences, helping others who've got a problem because there are those who are more experienced that have been there, done that. And you know that there's no reinventing of the wheel in this industry, really. We've if, the, if somebody has an issue or a problem, you can be pretty much guaranteed that there is another owner out there who's also had that same issue. So, so that's just something we're working on. We're, we're working on the speaker lineup for you. We're, we're just finalizing the venue and there will be an announcement hopefully next week as to where, when, how and how much 
how much the um, the uh, conference is is going to cost as well. And there's going to be an early bird discount um, rate for those who sign up right at the outset. Um, and I know that I'm going to. We, we are. I've, I've heard from so many people who said they're they're going to come. So can't wait to see you signing up on that uh, early bird offer. In other news, we're planning. We're busy, busy planning our trip to the UK and to Europe and to Cyprus in uh, September of this year. Going to my son's wedding uh, in the northwest of Germany, and and then taking a week going to Cyprus, which is somewhere I've I've wanted to go for a long time, and I mentioned it on a previous podcast. When we kicked off the vacation rental formula, one of our um, early members uh, or early members was a couple called Andy and Nikki Reynolds, and they have a villa in Cyprus. And when we kicked off, I posted on the Facebook group, I said, please post all your websites so we can see your properties. And they posted their the link to their website. And I have to say, I fell in love with it from the start. Absolutely beautiful website, wonderfully described. And and that was it. It was a cinch. So we're all booked up to go to the Reynolds um, Villa Carpedium in Cyprus in September. But the one thing that's really special about this this place, and we're not going to be, be taking advantage of this, but it is because it is accessible. It's accessible to people with disabilities. And it's something that's been on my mind for quite a while um, because we often get queries, questions from potential guests asking if our properties up here in Ontario have disability access. And actually, I would say 90% of them don't because the majority of them have been, they've been, these cottages have been in place for 40, 50 years. Some of them are older. But even so, some of the new ones that are being built are not being built with access for disabilities. So I was absolutely delighted to see that Andy and Nikki's place is fully accessible. So I wanted to get him onto the show to talk about to talk about this. You know, I, I believe we, we're going to talk about how his place came to be so accessible. And, and what tips he has for people who are thinking about this niche, this niche of people with disabilities. Can we, can we create accessibility in our properties where none exists at the moment? So without further ado, let's move on to the interview with Andy Reynolds of Villa Carpe Diem. <music> So I'm delighted to have with me today Andy Reynolds from Villa Carpedium in Cyprus. And as I've just said, I'm going to stay there for a week in September and I absolutely can't wait. So it's an absolute delight to talk to you today, Andy. Hi, Heather. It's it's a real pleasure to have you here with me. And as you know, because I know you listen to my podcasts, I always talk about the weather. You can tell me what the weather is like in Cyprus today. Sure. Well... The weather in Cyprus today has been a bit of a mixed bag, actually. Uh, up on our mountain, Mount Trudos, they started the day with temperatures as low as minus nine. And they have snow up there, which is um, really exciting for a lot of our Cypriot friends because their young children, some of them will never have seen snow before. So you've got that extreme up on Trudos. 
Um, we went to Larnaca Airport this afternoon to drop a friend off there, and it was in blazing sunshine, and people were down messing around on the beaches. So it's really true what they say about Cyprus. You can actually go skiing in the morning and be down on the beach swimming in the afternoon. It sounds absolutely wonderful. And it's interesting because I've been talking to people recently here um, to say that, you know, we're going to Cyprus in September. And so many of them have said, wherever is that? Never heard of it. So I was, I was really a bit, bit blown away, actually, that the amount of people who, who had no idea where it is. So I think you probably better explain that, too. Yeah, sure. I, I'm not particularly surprised by that because um, when you're flying to Cyprus, you get some idea of how big the Mediterranean Sea is. Um, Cyprus lies at the eastern end of the Mediterranean. Um, it's, it's an island. And um, we're not far um, from uh, Turkey, from uh, Israel, from Jordan, um, from Syria, which creates some interest these days, uh, from Egypt. Um, so we pick up the benefits of um, the uh, warmer weather here uh, pretty much year round. Um, we, we, we enjoy some very, very good summers um, and generally mild winters. Well, I've been wanting to go to Cyprus for years because, as you know, I've I've talked to you about it. My husband was in the military for thirty five years, and and he regularly flew into Cyprus from the UK, and and has been uh, he's never stopped talking about it. So so we can't wait to come. We can't make, wait to meet you. So tell us a little bit more about uh, about yourself um, and about the property. How did you get to live in Cyprus? I think that's what I want to know. For my sins, I used to be um, employed in the fire service and uh, a former service colleague, he and his wife uh, chose to holiday in Cyprus quite often and in 1999 they came out here on holiday, bought themselves some land and built themselves a house and he and I were chatting um, as, we, as we did and uh, he said to me, you really must come out sometime Andy. Um, so I did. Um, stayed at their house, and it was one of those experiences where you get up in the morning, as you will in September. You get up in the morning, and you've got the, this glorious sunrise, and you, you, you hear uh, and see and experience the thing, and I fell in love with the place. Um, and so I was very keen then to buy a piece of land, um, which I did. I bought some land. I met with a local uh, architect, and uh, gave him a uh, sort of two sides A4 pen picture of the sort of house that I was seeking. And he went off, uh, drafted some, some initial plans for me and gave them back to me. And um, I think it was at about that time when I had the, the draft plans that um, I had a conversation with a, with, a, with a fellow who's a good friend, another good friend of mine, and um, he said to me that he would like to come on holiday in Cyprus at some stage. And um, he, rather unfortunately, had become um, paralyzed and uh, was a wheelchair user, is a wheelchair user. And so I said to him, Dave, I'm going to make sure that when we build this house, we build it in such a way that you will be able to come to Cyprus and you will be able to holiday here. Um, so that was the kind of point at which the 
the features that we designed into the house to make it accessible, um, you know, really started to take shape. So what, what features do you have? Um, the house itself sits on three levels. And what we did was we made sure that the lower ground floor level um, was completely accessible. Um, so with that thought in mind, we have a, a wet room, um, which is somewhere where a person uh, in a wheelchair can, can go in and as much water as needs or wants to be splashed around can be splashed around. They can um, transfer um, into a shower chair and there's, there's, there's a real large space there which is uh, convenient for either for the person to um, shower themselves or um, if the need arises for their personal assistant or um, if they need a carer um, for, for those people to, to assist them with, with things that they need to do. Um, beyond that we have um, a number now, we have three in total um, electric beds and um, those beds perform specific functions. Um, one of them is known as a Baltic turning bed and that particular bed is designed to turn people during the night. So that's for people who are unable um, to move about in bed as my wife complains about me doing <laughs> and sort of sleeping sideways and all this kind of thing. Uh, the Baltic bed does that for a person who can't do that for themselves. The other beds that we have, it's a, it's a pair of beds there from a company called Theraposture. Um, and they have a, a, um, a, a design which is uh, capable of either elevating or lowering the head of the bed and also elevating or lowering the foot of the bed. That particular feature... Um, is very important for some people because if their blood pressure drops um, to below a certain point, um, it's very, very important that they or the person or persons with them can elevate their feet so that the blood goes where it needs to go. Um, beyond that, what do we have? We've got, a, we've got a, something called an easy track together with a, a, a battery-operated electric hoist. Uh, we also have uh, a manual hoist. Um, we have sliding boards, ripple mattresses. Um, we have a hoist which we can use to get people into and out of the pool. And we also have a WAV, which is a wheelchair accessible vehicle. So that vehicle has, the, the, the floor of the vehicle has been specially lowered so that a person in a wheelchair can be uh, rolled up the ramp at the back of the vehicle, secured the, their chair secured into the WAV, and they themselves secured by a seat belt. And the wheelchair user then sits and rides along at the same height as everybody in the vehicle. They can participate in seeing the scenery and so on and so forth as they uh, journey around the island. So is, is the vehicle um, offered uh, as a rental uh, uh, as part of as part of the um, the whole package, you offer the vehicle as well, or or is that a separate um, separate uh, amenity that that comes with the driver? Or how does that work? Okay, um, the wheelchair accessible vehicle itself is is only available to those people who actually need it. We we limit it to 
to, to those people. So we're not providing a car hire service. Mm -hmm. And we also offer, um, as part of that package, to go and pick people up from our nearest airport, which is Larnaca Airport, and to deliver them back to the airport. Now, when we have a group of people here um, with a wheelchair user uh, amongst the group, there can still be this, uh, up to a group of eight people staying at the house, um, but we, we, we can provide the facility for, for a number of people, obviously, then to travel with the user uh, between the airport and back. If they wish to, um, they can um, make use of the wheelchair accessible vehicle whilst they're here, and in truth, most people want to do that. Um, but for obvious reasons, we, we um, have to make a charge for that um, but in all other respects, the the cost to come and use the villa um, is the same, um, irrespective of who the person is that's coming here. So the villa is available to all, but given that we have this facility available for people who need um, accessible facilities, it behoves us to kind of target our marketing in that area as well. I think it's phenomenal. I've I've actually never heard of a vacation rental that has this many features and is so wonderfully accessible. I mean, I mean, I'm going back years ago when my mother was alive. She had um, late onset MS yeah. that was very rapid, and she was in a wheelchair within um, sort of three or four months of being diagnosed, virtually paralysed from the neck down for the next six or seven years. And that really precluded my father taking her anywhere on vacation because you know, of of her needs, of you know, just the the amount of needs that a person that's lacking so many abilities has. Um, this would have been fabulous for her, but uh, that that was definitely not around at that time. The other thing that's really blown me away, Andy, is is your website and the access statement on there uh -huh. because I. You know, I, I was I, I whenever I'm talking to a guest on the show, I will always go and, and spend some time doing my research, looking at the website. And I thought, well, what's this access statement? This is going to say we're accessible for wheelchairs. We have a ramp. We have a hoist and the hoist to get you into the pool, which is amazing. But then I started to read it and it just went on and on. And I, I was just. Yeah, I'm. Words are failing me, actually, which which is unusual for me. But it, I, I think anybody who's listening to this, who who is thinking of or is offering accessible accommodation, needs to look at Andy's access statement almost as a um, a blueprint for how how to do it. Because if I was traveling now with somebody in a wheelchair, the information contained in this is going to give me everything I need. I, I, I bet you you don't get that many supplementary questions, Andy. Um, well, first, first of all, with regard to the access statement, I've got to um, say a few thank yous, really. Um, the, the first one is to my wife, Nikki. Nikki is the person who put the time and the effort in getting the detailed information into this. She's the person who's down on the beach counting the grains of sand whilst I'm up at sort of 37,000 feet uh, flying the aircraft along. <laughs> so all credit to Nick for, for, for her work there and 
the, the praise um, for that as well. The other people that I should thank are the people, I think it's at Access England. I'd need to check the detail to be absolutely sure. Um, and there's a, a fabulous uh, accessible bungalow in Wales who have, um, you know... The, so these people are the people that provided us with the inspiration to, 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 to do it um, in the manner in which you now see it. And uh, certainly from the point of view of people who need accessible accommodation, these are the sorts of details that, that they need to consider. I'm, I'm aware that, for instance, we had one gentleman who decided to um, say that he wouldn't come here to stay because he wasn't satisfied, uh, for instance, with the... Uh, the table that we have out on the veranda. This particular gentleman decided to um, decline coming to stay here on holiday because there was a bar underneath the table um, on our veranda, um, despite the fact that um, other wheelchair users come here and can use the thing satisfactorily. So, you know, this, this there are some very, very, you know, um, detailed things that um, uh, people with, uh, with, with with particular needs have. I was just looking, you know, I, I've just talked about this access statement but didn't um, really um, go into any detail. I'll just take one piece out of it and, and I'll hone in on this dining room in the main house where you, yeah. where you say the dining table has legs in each corner, a crossbar between the legs at each end with a central bar running its length from the floor to lowest point of table is 25 inches high. With the extension leaf in place, the distance from the end of the table to the crossbar is 19 inches. Now, that is just so much detail, <laughs> but but I'm quite, you know, not being, um, not having a disability, like most of us don't have a disability, we wouldn't even think about how important that might be for somebody who is in a wheelchair who just wants to bring their chair up to the table and get their knees under the table and sit with everybody else. The discussions between ourselves and some of our uh, some of the companies that we partner with um, that facilitate people coming out here on holiday, um, and indeed people um, you know discussions we have with people who are making their own bookings, the the, the questions that, that that go to and for um, are compared um, to you know, bookings for people who are able-bodied, they can, you know, it can be and it needs to be quite detailed um, so that that person can come and enjoy what most people would take for granted. They wouldn't, they would, most of us, we don't give it a second thought. Um, yes, and, it allows them to make an informed decision based on yeah. um, every aspect, really, of, of their lifestyle so that, yeah. they, so that they don't have to do that much adapting um, in a vacation environment. Yes. Yeah, yeah, just so. Really admirable. So you, you, you've just mentioned booking partners, and that's something that um, I wanted you to, to tell me about because, you know, the nature of this villa, uh, the nature of the accommodation just make, makes it attractive for this niche group of um, people with disabilities. How do you actually target them? Okay, um, I'll go back to what I said earlier about um, about David and his um, wish to holiday here. He first came and holidayed with us in 2008, and um, he, 
at that time, he got in. He got into our swimming pool. We got him into the swimming pool, and it was the first time uh, that he actually entered water um, since the date of the accident that he had, which caused him to be a C4, C5 tetraplegic um, some twenty years before. And that was an incredible moment. Just, just you know, to be able to make that happen for him, to get him out here, for him to have a holiday, and um, as part of that holiday, to get him into the water. Um, since then, he's gone on and he's uh, done some sessions wearing a sub-aqua kit and gone diving. Um, and, you know, hit the, the whole thing about him and water now has, has, has just uh, changed completely. He goes off boat fishing and doing all sorts of things. Um, and this is a guy who is, you know, very definitely a person who requires his wheelchair to uh, move about. So this was David getting into the water here and we were sat around the table after after that particular experience and he said to me, he said, I really don't understand, Andy, why you don't market this place to a disabled audience. And <laughs> my response was, was that, well, I don't really think it's good enough, is it, David? And he said, well, you've got to be joking. He said, this is the best thing I've been to. And he um, he goes around hotels, inspecting hotels and grading hotels in terms of their accessibility. And he, he said, you know, in, in terms of a private villa, you know, this is just, just ideal. Um, and so I started to think about it at that particular point, and we we decided to advertise with um, the Spinal Injuries Association in the UK. Uh, this is a charity which helps and supports um, many of the people who become uh, wheelchair users as a result of a typically a sporting accident or something of that nature, perhaps a road traffic collision. Um, and there are you know, a considerable number of people who... Uh, depend upon what the Spinal Injuries Association do. Um, so we chose to advertise with them. We picked up a number of bookings through the Spinal Injuries Association. And I then thought, okay, the next step is to be in touch with some of the disabled and accessible holiday providers. And there are a number of companies, particularly in the UK, that... Um, make holiday arrangements, they arrange aircraft travel, they arrange um, uh, accommodation in either uh, hotels um, or where they can find them in accessible villas for people. Um, and so that's something we've now been doing for probably the last couple of years. We haven't, we've kind of worked our way progressively towards things um, and um, that probably gets us to where we are today. So, how does that work with these uh, with these booking partners? Because no doubt they're they're going to take a that that they've got to make some money um, along the way. How does that impact your bottom line? Okay, well, um, some of the the, one, the ones that we've chosen to work with, we are taking a cut off of our price of about 15 percent well that, that's not a great deal different from what um you know home away and, and trip advisor have, have been charging anyway is it no it's not and um you know to be perfectly frank about it i would rather give that 
discount away in this way to enable people who otherwise can't holiday to holiday uh, because otherwise it you know Cyprus probably like many other holiday destinations um, is awash with places where all of the owners of property are competing you know to to get business um, and and they're competing purely on price and we didn't want to put ourselves in that position we we feel we've got a quality offering mm-hmm. and we want to appeal to you know to a market um, and also that you know to be able to to do that with the accessible market is where we feel we want to be um, <laughs> what else well what other um marketing activities do you do are you actually listing on the on the major sites as well yes we we listed with i think when we first listed with them in 2007 they were called holiday rentals in the uk mm-hmm. and they got acquired by home away um and we we stayed loyal to home away uh, not sure they've been quite as loyal to us over the um over the years, that certainly the number of inquiries has gone down, and we seem to be seeing some rather odd behaviour with the inquiries that we get, um, which is which is which is a trifle odd. I don't I don't know whether any of the other people that you've been speaking with Heather have experienced the same thing. What What are you experiencing? Well, we're getting we're, we're getting inquiries from people, and we're we're, we're putting uh, you know we're putting an offer together and putting it back to those people. And they they're not responsive, so it's kind of it's kind of ticking a box uh, to say that we're getting inquiries in, but we're not getting a dialogue going with these people. And if we're not getting a dialogue going, we're certainly not getting bookings. Um, yeah, that seems that seems to be a little bit of an indicator of the way things are going at the moment. And it will be interesting to see what happens as. You know, as as the, the takeover from Expedia becomes more apparent and um, becomes more visible, to see what you know what what direction they're going. But of course, you know that there, there are other avenues. And I know when when we booked with you, we wanted and you know this is me with my guest hat on, which I have very frequently, and I now would you know, 100% far prefer to go through an owner's private website than, than go through the, the impersonal. Well, it's, it's turned into much more impersonal process of the Book It Now system. Um, you know, I, I want to have a dialogue with the owner of the property. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm a one-off. Maybe, maybe there aren't that many people out there like me, but actually I think there are. And I think losing that personal touch is is not the way the industry should be going. Yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. And and my ex- experience has been that the people that we do um, develop a dialogue with, um, and you know, I think you've explored this um, when you've been talking about you know the things that people like. They're knowing about their birthday preferences and so on and so forth. Um, all of these things build. You know, you you you're not just you're not just providing a hotel bed for somebody to sleep on for a night or two. You're actually giving them an experience, which, as you and Mike have said, you know they've worked hard to you know get the money together to be able to afford. 
And when I go away on holiday, I want it to be a good experience and I want people that come here to have a good experience. I really don't like it if people are unhappy when they come here. I mean, it may not be within my gift to do anything about it, but when it is and where it is, I will do whatever I can to make sure you know, they have as good an experience as they possibly can. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly having our own website and be able to, being able to communicate the things that we want to communicate in the way that we want to communicate them is very helpful to that particular cause. And that's why we were careful when we were selecting partner companies to work with um, there was one company that springs to mind and I really didn't like the attitude um, that the CEO of the company was giving me with regard to his client base. Um, and so there was a, an immediate, you know, that immediately um, made me feel uncomfortable and, and I didn't want, you know, I, d- I didn't want to do business with him and I would rather prefer that people, you know, did business through a company that, you know, I felt was, you know, had had an ethical stance, um, and and were being, you know, um, decent about about what they're doing. When you're working with the third parties, with the with the booking partners, do the do the guests know? Do, do they get to talk to you, or or is it all done by the by the booking partner, by the third party? It's all it, all of that is all of that is done by the third part by the third party so by the booking partner um so the guest will ask questions um and the the, the booking partner will depending on how we how, you know how well we are known with them and how well established it all is they will pass some information on to us ask some questions of us about how we can you know meet meet the need for for, for a particular person um that, that's, a, that's a bit like working. That's a bit like working with a with a property management agency. I, I, I guess you know it's it's like my own agency. We represent properties on behalf of our two hundred odd owners, and yeah. we've been to see every property. So if somebody has a question, they actually come to us, and we provide them with the with the answers. So really, not a great deal of difference with with that. But but the booking partner is there to provide the answers to your guest questions which is where it differs because i i know when we look at some of these listing sites um the, the home aways the trip advisors uh, all of them trying to do trying to fill this role of the property manager but not having the additional information and i think this is where it all it all falls short because guests do have supplementary questions you know regardless of your you know fantastic access statement they probably will have some supplementary questions and they need somebody to answer them Yes, that's 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 very tr- very true, um, and you know that guests will will crop up with 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 questions uh, like you know um, what's the nightlife like um, in Moroni, and you you know when you have a discussion with them, you sort of say to them, well, what is it that you're looking for, and quite quickly you can sort of establish the fact that. They haven't understood that Moroni is a quiet rural location. It's a place where you're going to come here to relax, to unwind, to you know take time out, to use the location to go off and f- visit 
the opportunities, the places that there are to visit around the island. But, you know, Moroni itself doesn't, doesn't have a, a high street with a thousand bars in it. Um, so when, when people are kind of um, making that sort of approach to me, I'm, I'm, I'm saying to them, is it, you know, what, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a place with, you know, nightclubs that are running till three or four o'clock in the morning um, and so on and so forth? And if you are, really you want to be looking in Proteras or Paphos or Ayanapa. Um, so, you know, you try and, try and steer people to where they might get the best holiday experience, for, you know, in terms of what they're looking for. Yeah, and and that that's what this personal touch is is all about. It's just, you're tailoring your tailoring the vacation to the to the group and making sure they they're getting exactly what they want and they've got no surprises. And and for me, I'm really pleased it's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's beautifully quiet. Um, it's uh, it's 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 a it's a pleasant feeling. We we uh, <laughs> we just love it. <laughs> Well, I know I'm going definitely going to love it, and I I, I hate to wish time away. Um, I'm, I'm usually quite happy at wishing July and August away because it's our busiest months of the year, and uh, it's uh, frenetic for eight weeks. Um, yeah. But uh, but the spring, you know, I love the spring here. I might not wish that away too much. So, Andy, you've um, you recently joined the Vacation Rental Formula, and um, you're pretty active in the Facebook group, which is great. And um, I just wanted to know, I'll ask you about how how important it is for you to network with with other owners and and share experiences with them, because I know from and this actually goes back to me when I first came out to Canada and bought, started buying properties and um, renting them out. And everybody was a competition. Nobody wanted to talk about anything. They didn't want to share anything. At the moment, I, I said, you know, so what's your weekend rates? And do you get much traction from it? And they would just shut up shop and not tell me anything. But, uh, but networking is very different these days. So how, how, how does it, how, what does it do for you? Um, for me, it was uh, a decision about really getting in touch with the people that are self-evidently putting their heart and soul into their business and l- looking to, you know, take take it forward, to drive it forward, to, um, you know, this the the, the uh, continuous improvement model. Is probably something now that sounds quite hackneyed, but it shouldn't be. It should be something that we're all involved in. That we're, you know, we're continually trying to just keep keep pushing forward and and hopefully keeping up to date with um, with the changes that are going on. And so the opportunity to join the vacation rental formula was a, something of a no brainer for me. It's um, it's been rather insightful to see, you know, how people. Um, from around the world are approaching uh, this particular industry um, and the difference that that can be made with application to it so so treating it um, you know treating the thing with the respect that it deserves and sharing best practice um, because I think it's incredibly flattering um, and I kind of suspect that you do. Uh, that when you've 
when you've kind of latched onto an idea, if it is particularly good, you want to share it with other people so that, you know, it, it gets magnified, it gets amplified, and uh, it just, you know, just lifts the, lift the whole thing up and, and move it on one stage further. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I said at the, at the introduction um, to, this, to this episode, and I said, you know, really, there's no reinvention of the wheel in this industry. Um, it, it's just, it is a continuous improvement. It's just making it better all the time. And, and I learn every single day from, from somebody. Uh, there's always, and every, every time we go on vacation and I come back with a notebook full of stuff, that I'm going to do in my properties. So uh, I expect I shall do that when I come back from Cyprus too. <laughs> um, before I let you go, Andy, I just wanted to finish off by asking if, if you've got any tips for people who, because you custom built your property with people with disabilities in mind. So what about those who already have a property? Um, are there some things that they could do Maybe not to the extent that you've gone to, but some of the, some smaller things they could do to make it um, a more more accessible option. Um, sure, um, it really very much depends on the layout of the property. But one of the things that um, is uh, quite easy to do if you've got a lot of rugs and things around in your property, and you've got floors that. I mean, here we have tiled floors. Um, rugs make life difficult for people in wheelchairs. Um, so, you know, choosing where, where, where to locate those uh, so that your wheelchair user um, can access areas in the property would be good to do. Um, giving consideration to things like door widths, um, a wheelchair user needs a wider door width. So if, for instance, you've got to, uh, if you're renovating a property and you've got a, you, you're thinking of taking out uh, old doors and windows and things, then maybe, you know, cutting a window opening down and putting in what we call a, a French window here. So you've got a full height piece of glass which slides out of the way would, would maybe give access to um, a ground floor room that could be used as a bedroom for a wheelchair user. Um, renovating a bathroom um, or creating a bathroom on a ground floor. Um, and there's, there's, there's lots and lots of really good information out there that would help people um, to, to do this if, if they were interested. And I'd certainly be more than happy to, to talk to anybody who you know, was was thinking about this, is thinking about this, needs to think about this. Because let's not forget that any one of us, um, any day of the week, could find ourselves in a position where we actually need accessible accommodation ourselves. Yes, and I, I totally agree with that. You know, from my own experience you know, with, with my mum going from perfectly able-bodied to wheelchair-bound in six months. You just, mm. know, you just don't know. And uh, I'm... As I said earlier on, I'm just overwhelmed with, with your website, with what you've done to make your property so accessible. And it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you, Andy. And thank you so much for your offer to, to um, speak to anybody who, um, who may have some more questions about this. Because I often get these questions, you know, certainly from, from our owners up here in Ontario, to say, you know, is my property accessible? How, how, do, I, how do I find out if it is? 
So um, I will put all these things in the show notes. Um, and then I will let you know if, if you have questions or comments, some people come along in the show notes and ask them, and maybe you can go in there and answer those. And um, if anybody comes to me, emails me at heather at cottageblogger.com, um, I'll put you in touch with Andy. So, Andy, an absolute pleasure to talk with you. I know we're going to talk again before, and we're going to be firm friends before I get to Cyprus in September. So, um, regards to Nikki. She did a fantastic job in that access statement. I love what you said about being up there in, in the clouds and her deep down in the detail because um, <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in exactly the same partnership. I'm, I'm the top-down person and um, my husband is the, the one deep in the detail. And it does make for a good partnership, I think. Yeah, it certainly makes for an interesting partnership <laughs> at times. When I say to him, I've got an idea, and he immediately wants to go deep into the details, say, well, yeah, let, let's just lay it all out on paper and, and, and see if it's going to work at the, the ground level. It's like, no, I just want to talk about the strategy. <laughs> Anyhow, we shall, uh, I shall look forward to meeting you. Um, we'll, be, uh, we'll be talking before then. And, uh, and once again, thank you so much for joining me. You're really very welcome, Heather. And thank you for affording me the opportunity. Terrific conversation with uh, with Andy. Yeah, really got me thinking. I we did a renovation on our on our own property on Kingfisher Cottage a a couple of years ago, and and that involved new doors and we just and a new bathroom and we did not think about accessibility at that time. And and you know in retrospect, I really wish we had because the property is all on one floor. Um, there's only three steps up to a deck, which, uh, you know, a ramp would have been great. We could have made the doors a little bit wider, really thought about the bathroom. Um, and every other aspect of the property is would have been absolutely fine. So, you know, maybe I, I, I don't think we'll be doing any more renovations for, for the foreseeable future. But hopefully if, if you are out there and you're thinking about some renovations then please think about doing them in such a way that it makes it accessible for people in, in wheelchairs. I think it would be, you know, it, it's, it's a niche market. It's, it's a demographic that is looking for accommodation and it's not easily found. So hope you enjoyed that, uh, that uh, conversation um, with Andy Reynolds. So that's, uh, that's it for today. Um, I've got a couple more interviews I'm recording this week. So some super stuff coming to you over the next couple of weeks. And I shall get them pre-recorded before I head off to the Bahamas. Um, but if, um, if you're around on, I think it's um, Thursday this week, um, and you are on our mailing list, if you're not, um, you can go to vacationrentalformula.com and get on the mailing list and we'll send you information on the blab that we'll be doing um, tomorrow, which is Thursday the 28th of January. And uh, come along and join us on the blab. Last week's with uh, Matt Lando was, was terrific. We had a lot of really good, um, we had a lot of interest, a lot of comments. Everybody seemed to enjoy it. We just would like to see you there. So come along, join us tomorrow, Thursday, um, January the 28th for the Blab. Um, 
as I say, not absolutely sure what time Mike has scheduled that for, but if you get onto our, if you're on our mailing list, you will get an email uh, about it. If you're not on the mailing list, head over to the vacationrentalformula.com and uh, and join up. We don't send rubbish to you. We uh, we send interesting stuff about what's happening in the vacation rental industry, and that's it. If you um, if you want to take part, then it's absolutely fantastic, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. We also have a webinar coming up on Monday, the 1st of February, and uh, as I mentioned last week, that webinar is a sort of an extension of these seven touch points I was talking about, and, uh, and I'm just going to give you some more detail on those and give you some really concrete, actionable steps to take to make a difference to your audience at these seven different touch points during the vacation rental cycle, during the guest life cycle, I guess. So my voice is just about running out on me. Um, having had my grandchildren for a week, they're, they're little walking germ factories, and I ended up with, with yet another head cold. So I'm going to go off and um, self-medicate, and I will look forward to seeing you again and being with you next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. Oh, 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 o